Hello and welcome everybody back to Eyes on the Mize. My name is John and that's Hey, it. what's up? Not much. Uh, today is December 14th, 2016, and uh, this is episode 41, uh, Into the Wild Frontier, where we're going to talk about, you guessed it, Frontier. It's the topic du jour. It's probably mostly because this is a very kind of slow part of the year for Magic, but I'm not going to... Well, I mean, it. we've got like, what, three-ish weeks until spoiler season starts up again, so yeah, it's the holidays... We were due for well. A I mean, yeah, everything's kind of kicking into holiday gear right now. I know even Magic is, or the Mothership is kind of kicking into the, like the low low gear for the holidays because we just got our last article or our last story bit before the new year. So, yep. But so that's gonna yeah. be fun. So anyway, and first, as we always do, we're gonna turn our eyes to the community real quick. First off, with the uh, the story this week, which was fantastic, we got to see more of Tezzeret and uh, Rashmi. Yeah, Rashmi is. The story today was really interesting. Like, not going to get too spoilery into it, but she basically astral projects herself into another plane. <laughs> she didn't quite planeswalk because she doesn't have a spark that we're aware of yet. But the girl's got the girl's got yeah, a pretty strong mind. Yeah, um, it it was definitely a very weird thing to read. Um, I definitely enjoyed the story as well. Um, plus, we get to see how much of kind of a um, uh, what's the word. Bad D-ba- guy, Tezzeret. D-bag, straight up. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, Kimberly Crines did a great job on this, this story tonight, this week. Oh, fantastic. Uh, also, this past weekend was uh, Grand Prix Milwaukee. Uh, I was up there. Uh, I went 6-3 uh, and three on day one. Uh, I went 0-1, then 6-0, then 0-2. So I was not very very happy going into day two. And then day two, I did the first draft, went 1-2. and two, Then I dropped because I wanted to do side events. Like, like you mentioned. End of the day at Like you mentioned. You drafted, so it was a limited GP. Yes, limited, limited GP. I don't know if I have if I have the the patience to test for a standard one, but we'll see in the future when those come up. Eh, just just you know, work with the testing team a little bit. <laughs> exactly. I got some friends who like to play standard a little bit more than I do, and I like to draft, and it, it all works out yep. nicely. Um, well, we'll go more into detail on the Grand Prix um, in a future episode. Because uh, there was definitely some interesting decisions that 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 I had to get ma- that I had to make at certain different points, uh, but first, or actually not first, but next, we're going to talk about Frontier because this is the the biggest kind of push that we've seen for what is essentially a new format um, for Magic for for at least a year or two, um, and this has some very interesting historical trends that we wanted to talk about briefly. Yeah. So, um, and Ian did the brunt of the uh, research. I'll, for I'll, talk, about, so I'll talk about that. So but, but before we, before, right before we get into that, though, oh. like you mentioned a push for a fan creative format. The last one we really had was back. that was kind of hitting its stride back around GP Vegas 2015. Um, and that was uh, the much maligned now Tiny Leaners, um, yeah. which was kind of like EDH light. Before that, the, big, the biggest well, – it turned out it was it was more legacy light than EDH yeah. light. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but also we've had some other stuff. You know, like Canadian Highlander hasn't really. It has its pockets. I enjoy it as a format. I play it. I have a deck, but it's it's not hit a big time and had a massive push behind it. Um, it has a nice a nice enough push, I think. I, yeah, I think that's. I think first a format like Highlander, it's going to slowly get traction. It's not going to be like explode onto the scene um mainly because it's got to fight the edh players but right now that and edh slash commander is also a fan creative format that now has massive watsi support behind it so yes but speaking of fan creative formats like i said um so this isn't the first time that there's been a really big kind of foray into a new format to find kind of a new slot i guess you could call it in the existing format lineup um Frontier obviously is we'll get into that just a little bit. It's basically taking the slot of midway between modern and standard. Um, so back in 2011, in the early 2011, modern didn't exist yet. Um, you had extended, and legacy extended was what like seven year rotating format. It's like the past six blocks or something along those lines, and then they shortened it to like the past four blocks. Yeah, but anyway, so. Um, what ended up happening is it just got to become a very miserable format. People were 
bemoaning it. It's like, oh, it's dying. It's a horrible format. Um, it got to be really expensive. Um, it just wasn't fun. Um, I wasn't playing at the time, neither was John. So we can't really speak from personal experience just with, you know, basically it was like, yeah, extended by the end of its life was just like, we need to get a new format. Um, hence why Modern was created. But uh, at the time, they also had Legacy, and that was like the other big format, but it had just become popular on the Star City Games open series at this point. This time around 2011 is when you saw a lot of the dual lands spike, a lot of the current prices we see for like, you know, Underground Sea at $300. It's been basically around that range since then because of uh, that popularity push back then. So Gavin Verhey, who now works at Watsi, um, pushed and thought up a new format called Overextended. <laughs> kind of. Which is a great name. It's a great name playing off of it's like, all right, we have extended as a format, overextended. So what it aimed to do is kind of cut out a lot of the problem you saw with Legacy, like the dual lands, kind of like what we would eventually see happening in Modern. But what it did is it allowed for the sets from Invasion block all the way through the current block at the time, which is Magic 2011. So you're looking at Invasion block, Odyssey block, Onslaught block, Mirrodin block, Kamigawa block, Ravnica, Cold Snap, Time Spiral block. And when I say Ravnica, I mean OG Ravnica block. Uh, Lorwyn, Shadowmore, those uh, Morning Tide, Eventide, all those kind of things. Shards block, Zendikar, and Scars of Mirrodin. It was actually had some pretty decent success in the first couple tournaments run in the week. The funny part is, like, so he championed it back in the beginning, like late May. We have a link in, uh, we have a link in uh, the show notes to Gavin's article on Star City Games when he was a writer back then of his push for overextended. Like, hey, we need a new design space. Let's do this. And in case you don't, re- if you recognize the name Gavin Verhey, which you probably should, he is currently a a designer for Magic R and D. Yes. So this is not just you know some nobody pro. Gavin is currently making Magic. He's a a very great mind when it comes to creating stuff. So he his thing was like, what's this beginning point? He he'll discuss in the article. It's a really long read. Just check it out if you want to look into some magic history. But basically, you can see the beginnings of modern here. Um, I know you have some legacy decks that kind of poured over into modern, but it doesn't really cross over too much. But so the very first week they had decks like Living End, Scapeshift, Elves, Affinity, Zoo in the very first week. Like, those are things that still exist now. They had some other ones um, that kind of didn't really work, like Hive Mind and Dragonstorm, because those, you know, those kind of existed from previous sets, like, you know, and Astral Slide, Ninja Blade, Depths Blade, so Dark Depths, and yeah. But, but the second week added Blue Black Tron, which still exists. Some people still play it. I don't know why, but they have fun with it. Pyro Ascension. The week after that, introduced Soul Sisters, Boros Beats, um, it got banned quickly in the new format, Blue White Stoneforge, and everybody's favorite, Jund. Like, these decks. It's a surprise that Jund took too long. Like, it, it was like two or three weeks into the format and they made Jund. But, like, modern st- got its, like, apparently, from everything I've read and done looking into this, basically, people have said, like, who came up with modern, like, yeah, basically, it was a good idea. And, you know, they just kind of expounded upon it and, you know, chopped it off at the, mod- new, the new card frame as a good cut. Gavin looked at a little further back. Um, I don't know like where we would be in modern format these days if we had those additional extra couple blocks in there. So it was Invasion, Odyssey, and Onslaught? Yeah, Invasion, Odyssey, and Onslaught. Plus, I can't even think of plus like... Plus 7th edition. Oh, plus 7th edition? Um, geez. Um, we would get we would have a lot of tribal synergies. We'd have more morph creatures. We'd have Astral Slide, which would be the weirdest, which would be one of the strangest ones. Um... That card would probably be really annoying. You, you don't uh, lose a whole lot, though, and I can see why when they went for no. modern, it was, like, it was a nice delineation there. Funny thing is, it had a ban list, and pulling from the ban list um, on the capture, because we have to, I had to use archive.org for this, because the site doesn't, the site, like, uh, mtgoverextended.com doesn't pull up on a webpage anymore normally. From June 30th, 2011, pull. The, the banned list was Aether Vial, Bridge from Below. Okay. Disciple of the Vault, Dread Return, Hypergenesis, Mind's Desire, Narcomiba, Sensei's Divining Top, Skull Clamp, and Sword of the Meek. <laughs> I mean, okay, after th- after realizing that this that um, Scourge has Storm in it, yeah, we also get like the best version of Storm. <laughs> I don't know if we get Dark Retreat, <laughs> yeah, but, but Storm is the thing. You get Tendrils of Agony. Yeah, 
That's, and that's basically you have Pyromaster Ascension Storm with Tendrils of Agony in it. You got to change some things around, but yeah. But Dredge apparently was ridiculously broken, and as you can see by Bridge from Below, Narc Amoeba, and Dread, Dread Return. Return. I mean, Dread Return's still banned, but still, like I find I find it funny that a car like Narc Amoeba, which still exists in modern today, and is like a pretty, we get a hype like you know a souped up version now with Prized Amalgam, kind of with that, but it's you know, yeah. Definitely tweaked, but I say souped up just because it's bigger. And uh, would I need to look up what set Icarid's from? Because Icarid might be might have been legal. Oh god, that would have been gross. But so it, it was a fan format that actually kind of worked. It had a lot of popularity, like um, and it it set the seeds up for kind of introduced like, hey, it showed that there was a desire for that new format out there. So it it kind of is mirroring what we're seeing now with Frontier, and we're going to go into Frontier now because there's there's some really cool stuff with Overextended, but I don't want to yeah. extend our time. Uh, by the way, Icarid was legal. It was printed in Torment, <laughs> and uh, I believe it's it was Odyssey, Torment, uh, just Judgment. Yes. So Icarid would have been yeah. legal. Yeah, you would have had a insane dredge deck. And actually, the funny thing is, even yeah. with those bands, there still was a dredge deck that existed and was winning and went 4-0 at an event. Jeez. Without Dread Return Bridge and Narcomoeba. Like, this had, like, Bloodgast, Golgari Grave Troll, Golgari Thug, Icarid, Psychotog, Stinkweed Imp, Wonder. Yeah, like, Dredge is going to exist for the most part as long as Golgari Grave Troll is legal. But but it's it's a fun, it's a cool little format looking back in time at it. And I just think that, like, stuff stuff like that exists. And a lot of players, like, when, when we started looking into this, I remember seeing somewhere, somebody mentioning Overextended, like, a couple weeks ago. So I had to like quickly like, oh my gosh, right, we're talking about Frontier, let me mention this up because it's it's a really cool little intro into it because oh, yeah. it shows that like, hey, if a fan format kind of takes off and shows that there is a competitive design space, I'm discounting Tiny Leaders because it was not really competitive aimed, we get Frontier. So John, so fr- what is Frontier? Yeah. So Frontier is, it was started by the Haruruya store out in Japan. Which I believe is Shuhei's store, uh, yes. Shuhei Nakamura, mm-hmm. um, and it is designed to be a non-rotating format consisting of standard legal sets from M15 onward. So, the sets included are, are the 2015 core set, uh, Khan's block, so Khan's of Tarkir, Fate Reforged, Dragons of Tarkir, Magic Origins, Battle for Zendikar, Oath of the Gatewatch. Shadows over Innistrad, Eldritch Moon, and Kaladesh. Just tell me her excited And since it's supposed to be non-rotating like modern is. <laughs> Each new set is going to just add cards to it, and nothing gets rotated out. Additionally, the big thing with Frontier currently is that there is no banned list. Um, every card that was printed in those sets is currently legal. Yeah, by the way, uh, it was a uh, Tomohara Saito. Saito. Tomohara Saito, sorry. Right. Different Japanese player. But Nakamura is on the Haruya team. Yes. So. So, that is the, the gist of Frontier. Um, and when you start thinking about decks that might show up from this, it kind of tends to be just kind of your greatest hits. Yeah. Just think of like the last two years of standard and name a deck, name a deck archetype that won a bunch, like a Tarka red. That's there. Insult, insult, Grixis and soul artifact. That's there. There's Obzon. Uh, Rally the ancestor. Yeah. Collected company. So uh, there's a lot of one 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 of the one of the funniest and I think probably one of the more broken things you can do in this format is uh, go turn five dig through time turn six torrential gear hulk flashback for free dig through time that's pretty good yeah that's that's one of the more broken things to do in blue <laughs> um, elves deck like mono white aggro exists you got some jund in there there's an aetherworks deck in there now Pro- my good old but my good old grixis prowess deck is still there yep it's basically you look at like the last couple years of standard jam all that together and yeah yeah and where it it tries to fit in is it because one of the big complaints with modern is that there's a lot of linear decks uh infect being a hyperlinear deck affinity being a hyperlinear deck um, Zoo, Burn, and all these other very efficient decks that try to end the game as quickly as possible. And some people don't like how modern is as linear as it is because control decks have a hard time being able to deal with it and all that other fun stuff. Yeah, The, the closest to control you're going to get right now in modern, 
like we saw that Jess Kainahiri pop up briefly earlier this year, and then it was quickly swatted back down because the decks adapted to control. They can adapt to control yeah. so well because it's it's kind of like people like to call it a ships in the night format. Like you're just trying to do your thing before your opponent can do their thing, and sometimes you might have to protect your own thing or just stop one little key component of your opponent's thing but you're not like answering every last thing your opponent's doing so yeah it's also why ancestral vision was a pretty safe unbanned because you can still die before ancestral vision resolves oh yeah but in any case uh frontier wants to fit in between modern and standard because all the cards that are currently in frontier are under the i don't want to use modern design philosophy but the current design philosophy of wizards r&d so a lot of the car, a lot of the cards you see in there, a lot of the decks you see are based off of essentially what what R and D intended for these cards to do, and it fits relatively neatly between the two. And also, it even goes off of the same card frame change that happened back when they when Modern was chosen to be mirrored in an eighth edition on up, where it's all in the new card frame. And here, it's all in the new card frame where your rares have the little hollow foil at the bottom. Yeah, so it's kind of nice, neat delineation like hey did, is theros in this or is it not it's like no no no. look for look look at a rare if it doesn't have the holofold no <laughs> yeah and that is the gist of frontier um there's several other great videos uh, about it saffron all did a great one for uh, mtg goldfish that i'll probably link in the uh, show notes below professor did one professor did another one but what we're gonna do now is we're gonna go and introduce a new segment which is the dueling grounds, where Ian and I will take different sides of arguments kind of, or kind of, of topics. Kind of point-counterpoint. Yeah. What? Uh, between, in this case, Ian, who is more for Frontier than I am. Now, and even then, I want to clarify my position on Frontier. I think it's still, this is my personal opinion on it, I think it's still a new and developing format. The meta seems to be kind of somewhat, quote-unquote, set in terms of you're doing rally combo or just trying to get take their time back and Jace is ridiculous, like Jace is with fetch lands. But I think that this has a potential to it. It hits a design space that, you know, currently sits it sits in the best position right now. I think it's the most well positioned, not currently, you know, competitive format to potentially break out. Right. I'm kind of, and it looks kind of fun because I mean, like I said, like a couple of my favorite decks for the past couple of years, like the whole draw of is like, oh my god, like my Grixis Prowess deck is still there, and it's got some other cards that I couldn't play with when it was actually in standard. I mean, when we first started talking about doing this, uh, this topic, Ian sent me a message of, look, they have Dragon Control, Dragon Control. <laughs> Come on, I'm sorry, I just love me some Thunderbreak Regent, man. Thunderbird region is a very, very underrated magic card. That is definitely the case. So, I am very, maybe not very against Frontier, but I do not like Frontier. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and make 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 a few of my points, and Ian is going to make some counterpoints, and we'll have a we'll have a healthy and vigorous debate over whether Frontier is a good thing or not. So, uh, the first thing that I want to get to is this one is a little. I will admit that this is. Probably one of the more jaded opinions on Frontier. But I've seen it before. Um, and the thing with current Magic is that it is printed a ton. Like, if you buy a box of Magic now and you try to hold on to it for, for future value, like most people would try to do, or most people have done with previous sets, it's not going to appreciate as much as it would for other sets. For example, if you wanted to go buy a box of, I don't know, original Ravnica... It's like 650 bucks for the box. I, mean, I you, could go buy a box of Return to Ravnica right now for around 100 probably closer to $100. And funny, that, and funny you mentioned Return to Ravnica because that's actually like the first point where it didn't was not profitable to hold on to old boxes. Right. Um, you go to find a box of original Innistrad, have fun paying like 400 or 500 bucks for that thing. Exactly. Like the set now, that literally came out right after it, like even last year. So this oh dark ascension no 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 I'm, well I meant like oh. I meant like the the block not the set the block right afterwards yeah. but I mean like even last year when it was you know with the Gatewatch I was still seeing stuff on sites like uh Mass Drop that you could get the box for like 70, 50, 80 bucks like Gate Crash is like sixty dollars a box it's ridiculous and Dragon or Dragon Mage like sixty bucks a box 
It's well, Dragon's Days only has one card. In I know it only has one card in it, but it's <laughs> it's an example of a. You know yes. what I'm saying? It's, it is an example of the, of the symptom. Now, what Frontier is trying to do, and this was started by a store. Remember, this was started by Haruria, and in my mind, and in many other people's minds, it's another way for stores to try to sell their product. Now, I, far be it for me to stop stores from trying to make money or wizards trying to, you know, sell packs because they are businesses. They are. It is their goal to make money. But it feels like Frontier is just a way to try to sell their rares from these sets that have been printed to the nth degree and try to get them out of their out of their inventory because they're they're just cardboard that are just stacking up because nobody has any plans for Rally the Ancestors right now. Siege Rhinos are bulk now. Like Siege Rhino used to be, you know, ten, twelve bucks. No, it wasn't. Siege Rhino was like five bucks, dude. Siege Rhino was ev- Siege Rhino was every Siege Rhino is the weirdest card though, because it was the one card that was like everywhere. Yes. But was like six dollars. <laughs> yeah. It was weird. Cons was weird. Anyways. Yeah. But the point is that the jaded side of me, the jaded side of many other people, see this not as a honest format that the fans made, but more of a an attempt to try to sell people on a new format to get cards out of their inventory. Okay, so tell me how suspicious of it would, how even more suspicious of it would of it, of it being straight a straight cash grab, in in your opinion on this, if it had been say SCG. Star City Games that had done this and put it on the tour, or push it as an or push, S- it, okay. or push it as an open format. If it was SCG, I would be even more suspicious. Um, now I'm not a Japanese player, obviously. I don't actually speak in any Japanese, and I am not going to claim to speak for the Japanese community because I do know that Haruya has had very large frontier tournaments at their stores. Um, but if I was looking at it from an American perspective, or say Star City Games. Um, decided that they were going to do Frontier, and they started it, and they they did this. I would be very very suspicious because there's already a little bit of that. Like there's there's been rumors where basically SCG bought up all the dual lands, and then did and then made Legacy a big thing to spike the prices of dual lands and yada yada yada. Yeah, the good old that's a little too the good old old me, school tinfoil hat stuff. Yes, dual super, lands, super tinfoil hatty. Yes, but uh. But I've been reading stuff too, saying like there's stores in the U.S. and people I follow on Twitter and stuff like that who have stores are saying like they're actually getting a decent turnout for some of these frontier tournaments that they're hosting. Right. Like some stores are actually looking to make it like one of their rotating formats, like push it into like you know their little like weekly, like have frontier on like Thursday or Wednesday or yeah. something like that. I mean, right. and apparently, and, and apparently and, some of these are getting bigger draws than their standard tournaments right now. Which is fair. I mean. That, that's going to take me to a different point, but I I'll get to that point when I get to it. But like I'm, but again, far be it for me to tell a store how to make money, because they're businesses. Their goal is to sell cards or sell whatever. So if you if you want to try to sell these cards, and Frontier is definitely one way for you to do that. But that's just one of the kind of super jaded views on Frontier. So let me step away from that soapbox and then get on and now get onto the soapbox where I actually critique the format itself. Go for it. The big one is, and I've seen this question asked as well, is that Frontier does not actually answer a question that's being asked. Now, there is the design philosophy behind Frontier, where, you know, it's supposed to be another non-rotating format, but there wasn't a whole lot of clamoring for a new rotating format. Even, for example, several weeks ago, somebody asked Mark Rosewater on Blogatog whether they were going to do another non-rotating format in between Modern and Standard. And Mark said, it's only a matter of time before we get to that point. And I totally agree with that. I totally understand, you know, the whole point of, you know, okay, modern is now, you know, 15 or 20 years of cards. It's now harder to get into modern. So let's make a new format that's non-rotating in between the two. I totally understand that. But this does not feel like the time where we want to look at a a new non-rotating format in between modern and standard. Yeah, I can, I can see your point on that one. I mean, I. So, so what you're saying is too soon. Yes. I'm saying that it's too soon to be thinking about a new non-rotating format between modern and standard. So I'm going to come at this from a side where it's kind of a monetary thing. Like you mentioned, oh, it's just a way to sell old rares. Yeah, I mean, it could be a way to sell old rares. But those old rares are cheap because nobody's yes. playing them in modern. 
and it's correct. a lot more easier to justify yourself going and buying basically what amounts like it's magic has seen a population growth a lot and since modern became a thing and we would have to buy like for instance you came in when like right the end of like right right rtr block uh, right and i ended uh, it i did i did the m14 pre-release okay. that was my first event m14 and i came in like middle of m14 my first pre-release was theros so we're like to be perfectly honest with you we are the perfect target demographic for this dang format we we are absolutely absolutely the target granted, audience for granted we've had po- some pocket money to shell out and put into modern because we both have our pet modern decks and you know i've been able to build from there whatever just because it exists however we came into the game at the perfect time where like the majority of my collection is this stuff yes. except for the bulk stuff from theros but whatever well theros isn't even in the well, well yeah, i'm saying i'm saying i'm saying besides theros like this is my right. collection i'm on board now so that's like kind of a thing and keep in mind they're trying to attract a lot younger audience now too and it's a lot more palatable for you to go hey check out this format you can keep playing these cards keep playing these cards you won't have to worry about spending more money on new stuff rotating with standard you don't have to worry about introducing yourself to standard you can be like hey check out this elves deck it's 120 bucks to go zero right. to zero to playing as opposed now, again, to the as opposed aspect to say, is is I know, but I'm the saying physical aspect is obviously something that we that is an issue because modern decks are currently something along the lines of you know a thousand dollars for a deck, right? Which and, and it's un- the frontier decks are definitely more affordable, right? And it's unwieldy. And as we go on year by year, like you're saying, I know you're saying it's too soon. I think now is kind of a good time to at least sow the seeds. That's like I'm on like the fence. Like you know, I'm not against it, and I'm not like it's the best format ever. Let's do this. I'm like I think this is a great push. At this time, because we're like we're at this point now, we've had what, two years or so since M15, you know, the thing came out because that came out yeah. 2014. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're good. So it came out then, and that nice little push is two year two years out. Let's let's get it rolling, kind of thing. Um, if it doesn't catch traction, like get the ball rolling on Frontier now. That way, in like maybe another year or two. Then Watsi can just be like, all right, cool. This format has been going for at least a year or two. It's viable. It has a decent competitive scene. We can make it a format. Whether or not it's going to be a Pro Tour format or not, that's not my call. No. I don't think and so. I feel like if, if, we, if you're not having a modern Pro Tour, we're not going to have a Frontier Pro Tour. Correct. Just, I'm just going to go and put that out there right now. But now, if it becomes point, an official form, like I'm saying like this is a great point point in time. It becomes sanctioned to format, put, yeah, yes. yeah, to push it as a sanctioned format. Now that that flows ne- neatly into my my next point, and it's that not I think it's too soon because there just aren't enough cards to kind of get the feel for Frontier. Because I look at all these decks and I see them, and it's like okay, these are just the decks of uh, the standard decks of yesteryear, right? Yeah. If I go look at Modern, I see decks that haven't existed in Standard for a long time, and also um, there are new decks that pop up. Maybe because of just some weird interaction of older cards, like Lantern Control, which was basically just a deck of draft chaff. And then you take cards like Collected Company, which make an immediate, firm impact in the format. Or you have cards like Grim Flare that slot neatly into Abzan or Jund or whatever. Um, but I don't think that the card pool in, in Frontier is currently large enough for it to adequately be... Or adequately get the across the idea of it being non-rotating. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I kind of think the small card pool is a good thing for it, namely in that. And, and it's going to cycle back around. People who have just started playing during like the big push into the market, like getting it out there, getting more players. You have your cards already. Some players will just have like I had cards sitting around in my. I just like kept carding them around from place to place when I moved. From when I played back in the 90s, I just right. kept my cards. People are going to keep their cards. Like, there's some people who aren't going to do the whole, like, okay, got to sell my rotatoes off. Let's get rid of them. They're going to be like, I'm going to put you guys away. You did your job. Have yeah. have, have a nice rest, Anna Fenzi. You, you did you did good, girl. It's uh, By the way, if you don't get the rotatoes joke, go watch Friday Nights. Yeah. For- <laughs> rotatoes is a nice little joke for that I've used, so I've been using since that episode came out of. This is what my rotating. Sorry about that. It's uh, somebody outside revving their uh, diesel. Anyway, 
Um, no, rotators is a joke. Basically, like the rotating cards. You know, you, you got to put your rotators out. Anyway, yeah, love it. it love is. the joke. So having the rotators actually not really matter. It actually might Im- like we don't we don't have enough data yet to see how it will impact standard kind of thing like that. But there are current standard decks. There's a pummeler deck on this list of uh, metagame that I'm looking at. A pummeler deck. Oh, believe me. <laughs> if Become Immense and Team of Battle Rage were legal, I'd be playing them in my standard deck right now. Right. And it's, <laughs> it's a thing. Like, yeah. the pummeler deck exists. It's a current, not insane standard deck, but it's a viable standard deck right now that you can just tweak a couple cards and it becomes a frontier deck. Like right. that. I think that's great that you can say... Hey guys, if your deck wasn't like was good in this set, but when the next set comes out, it didn't get a lot of support for it, but you've got support behind you, just you can play Frontier and then move on with the other deck and not lose the value you've and time and you know never underestimate the power of nostalgia. Oh no, yeah, never, never underestimate. That is something that I have learned time and time and again. That's I think that's where this is coming from. Is like there have been some pretty darn good standard environments the last couple of years, and people still want to keep doing that because when the current standard environment gets stale, people start looking for other stuff, and yeah. this kind now. of scratches the itch that Magic players have now. of like, what's fun? I need that. I need that fun. Now that that rolls very neatly into my one of my other points, and. I can't tell you how many times I've watched Magic coverage over the course of the past few years, specifically watching Standard or watching Pro Tours or whatever it is, and seeing, why can't they ban Siege Rhino? Why can't they ban Rally of the Ancestors? Why can't they ban Collected Company? Why can't they ban Card X or Card Y? What is it about Frontier that suddenly makes it okay for Siege Rhino and Anafensa and Rally for people to suddenly not care or not want to complain about them? Because it's not a competitive format, and the power of nostalgia is way too strong, John. <laughs> I mean, I mean, how else am I going to answer that? Like, they they want to get these cards. Like, they, they have these cards. They enjoyed playing with these cards. Like, to be perfectly honest with you, when I really started digging into, like, I'm like, okay, let me start looking at Frontier decks. Do you know what deck? I mean, I know it's not a. I, I wish it was, but like, my very first thought was, oh my god, Obzon Whip, and I'm like, oh right, Whip's not in the format. I got sad because I was like, I instantly jumped back to one of my most favorite decks in the past couple years, which was Abzan Whip. Right. Like, if you know there's a format where it's like, okay, I had a favorite deck a year or two ago, can't play it anymore. Oh, wait, can I play it in this format? I instantly jumped to that, and it like took me a second to like actually put together that Theros wasn't there. Like, that's like, I know people hate Jace, but Jace was broken in a format. And yes, we have the issue. You can bring up the mana base. I will absolutely agree that the mana base right now is skewed. You're going to get your four color good stuffs in this format just because your mana base right now is essentially going to be what you saw in your in standard before. Because you've got fetch lands, battle lands, you have the the shadow land, the lands from Shadows of Erzrod, you have the fast lands from Kaladesh. You have fetchable dual lands in this format. Yeah. And they skew in a way, there's no like, it doesn't mesh as well as, you know, Right. Modern will, so it's like, okay, I need this mana, so I'm playing these two colors, but if I play this third color, then that can give me access to this fourth color, and I can fetch up that color yeah. with this other color. It's just ad nauseum. The mana-based logistics of that whole standard were... And it exists in this format still, but cards are going to get printed. It looks weird now and wonky, but like it's the same thing with modern. I feel like it, the more cards get printed, granted, you're not going to... The newer cards get printed now are going to have a splashier impact on Frontier than they will something with Modern. Right. And that's what I like about it is like, yeah, you might get a rep- you might get a new card or a reprint that wouldn't exist in Frontier that might be like a ho hum card in Modern, but in Frontier they break the format. Like print something from uh, Ravnica block or RTR block that you know whatever. Right. Or, because I mean. The Abzan deck totally needs, say, Abrupt Decay or anything like that. Oh my god, that would be... Ne- like, that would... Sk- okay, so if you're talking... <laughs> about, all right, so when you're talking about not having a lot of cards, yes, having a card like Abrupt Decay would obviously skew it to why the heck aren't you playing green and black, but... I mean, you could do that with any format with any card. For example, if we introduced Force of Will into Modern, then suddenly blue decks just become, just become really, really good. It, do they become the best? That's debatable. No, but, but the ability to you know 
tap out and still be able to counter something is very powerful. Right, but I, I don't. I've always hated the oh my god, we need to ban this card in standard. Like I don't like. Yes, Jace was oppressively expensive during his reign in the sun. Yeah, during his heyday. Yeah, I I, I never felt like he needed to be banned. As as busted the, the whole as standard as, banning as, thing is also weird too. Busted as rally was, I just feel like that's internet complaining. Like it, this, the format was still held. You could, yeah, you had a plan to beat rally, but you could beat yeah. rally yeah. as a deck. Like there's nothing that needed banning. Like they played Anafenza to counter the banning. Like that was your graveyard hate. <laughs> yeah, well, rally was a weird a weird case um, because w- Wizards didn't realize how good it was. It was one of those one of those moments. And you know what? That's going to happen in game design. And I'm looking for, like, I with a smaller card pool, like, you have to be crafty almost. Like, you're not going to break the format wide open. It's just not going to happen. And your- by the way, speaking, speaking of R&D's mistakes, the next time we see vehicles, they're not going to be this good. Just Oh, heck no. They learn- Spoiler alert. Yeah, they, this is one of those, like, watershed moments where they're like, oh, looter scooter too good. Yeah, Looter Scooter was a little, little too good. Um, like to be perfectly honest with you, when you look at the Frontier metagame decks on MTG Goldfish, there's like Looter Scooter is the picture on like a couple, at least five or six of those decks. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Apparently, uh, somebody asked uh, Sam Stoddard if vehicles will become evergreen, and apparently there are some vehicles in some future design files. So maybe. I I, I don't think it's going to be nearly like this this. The amount of vehicles we've gotten seems like a very Kaladeshian kind of thing. I think it's going to, if we do see them back, it'll be kind of like equipment are, where we'll get like one or two a block or one or two a set. But the problem is that vehicles and equipment overlap a lot. So that's a weird design thing because they fit in the same space. It, 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 I know we're never taking a side jump here, but. I honestly think we'll get stuff like what we've been seeing lately with something like Sky Sovereign or Heart of Kirin. Like you're gonna right. get some of these like big story kind of ships or something like that. It's like okay, we need this like. Uh, it's kind of hard having sky ships and other planes and stuff. I mean, we've seen it before with the uh, the weatherlight and stuff. I mean, like, geez, right. can you imagine if we had like some like a vehicle for the weather? I know there is a card. There for is the a weatherlight. There is a sky ship weatherlight. There's also a predator flagship, but. Having them be actual crewable vehicles would be interesting, but um, my th- my thing is, I just feel this is a good time for Frontier to be out there. Right. It's not the best. It's definitely not bad. It's a new space that I think needs to be there. I see your point. I your logic is sound, and I reject it all. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I mean to be fair, that's fine. Like yeah. Um, but. I think that, again, like I said before, I think that we are eventually going to get a new non-rotating format. I honestly do. I think it's going to be at some point in between modern and standard. We're probably going to see it within the next five years, I'd be willing to say. I don't think it's Frontier. I also don't like M15 as the starting point. I understand it from kind of a meta perspective, but I don't think that that's the best place to choose. So I think if we're going to do this, Okay, so projecting a format in the future, would you say that Magic Origins would be a great point to start? I do think Magic Origins would be a good place to start. Do you know why I picked Magic Origins? Um, because it is the start of the Gatewatch. I'm talking mecha- gameplay mechanics. Oh, gameplay mechanics-wise. Um, hmm. Well, There's one you're picking Origins so that Cons is excluded so you don't get fetch lands. Exactly. Yeah. It'd be nice to set it off of that, but it's kind of cool... That you can start it at a set called Magic Origins, but yeah. you can also exclude what basically makes the mana base incredibly wonky in the current Frontier format. Uh, if I had my druthers, if I was going to pick a starting point, uh, I would actually pick Theros. Really? Yes. Uh, because here, so here's here's my whole thing. You can't start at Scars, otherwise you get Infect, and you'll and Infect is just going to be the best deck in the in whatever this new format is going to be. Yes. So you have to exempt Scars. You could pick Innistrad, but Wizards knows, even though if they cannot acknowledge it, that Innistrad has two of the most expensive cards in Magic, in, in the modern Magic design philosophy, with Snapcaster Mage literally under the veil. So they're not going to pick Innistrad. You're not going to pick a middle set either. You're going, you're going to start with the beginning of a block. 
you could pick RTR, but then you get fetch. You, then you get the shock fetch mana base that Modern has, and you probably don't want to pick RTR because that's because then you are you're you're being stuck with the Innistrad power level, and Theros was the beginning of the deep powering of Standard, and yada yada yada. And I don't think that they want the fetch shock mana base to be repeated in whatever their new format is. Also, John, even though eventually whatever new format we are going to get, we'll eventually get a fetch shock mana base. By the way, two words. Pack rat. Pack rat would not be that good, I don't think. But anyways, I'm just saying, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. So I think Theros or M14 or yeah, M14 or Theros would be a good starting point because Theros was a downswing in the power level of standard. So a lot of the cards from Theros are probably not going to be very, very. Um, they're not going to be highly included. the The temples will be the would be the biggest boons from Theros because if you look at the mana base for Frontier now, it is heavily tilted towards the aggressive end. And temples are great in control decks. And I think that temples would help enable control decks better. Um, and that is my cent. That's my that's my two cents on it. Honestly, I'd be happy just because I get whip decks back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Origins also works bet works as well because you get rid of the fetch lands, but you keep the battle lands, which is nice. Yeah. But I mean and what there's nothing right now in the, the current projection of even anything remotely close to fetchable like fetching up duels like you get you know you got evolving wilds printed ad nauseum so you're not like you need to worry about like terramorphic expanse we're never getting a reprint in standard terramorphic expanse if they didn't do it in uh what's it called battle <laughs> no we're not getting oh, well they did they did evolving wilds in battle though but i'm saying like they that was a place where they could have probably done terramorphic expanse to get well i i don't think that r&d wants both evolving wilds. No, 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 that, no. That's that's the point I'm making. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like we're not getting that because of they don't they didn't want the ability to have more I than mean, four. They can print terramorphic expanse after a set with evolving wilds rotates. The question is, are they willing to have a block or a set without or enough enough sets without ter- evolving wilds in it? That I don't know. Because it also helps limited too, which is great. It it does help limited. So. Although evolving wilds would be way too good in this limited format, let me just tell you right now, we have we have a tune with ether. That's good enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but anyways, it's not bad. Oh, oh, right. Could you get a tune with ether for? You just get basics. Yeah. It does the same thing. But even except you have to be playing green. Yeah, I mean, green's pow- green's like arguably pow- most powerful thing in standard right now. But that's a different thing. So anyway, I can see why you you don't like frontier as a format. You want to see something like frontier. I don't know if I want to see something like Frontier, but I know we're going to get something like Frontier. So you're accepting the inevitability? Yes. I think the inevitability is not today. I think the inevitability is, like I said, within the next five years. Right. So, and I, I kind of did the digging, like I said, I did the digging and it overextended because it was kind of like, I felt it mirrored Frontier so very well in terms of it's the starting point of what we're going to get next. What we get next as a format has its origins in Frontier as a format. Right. And I like that. I think it's oh, – yeah. but I also think it's cool that the community is reaching out – is like reaching out saying like, hey, we're trying something new and different. Yeah. But I mean the community is going to do that as well. Just – I mean have you seen us? Yeah, we're crazy people. <laughs> in a good we way. We certainly are. In a good way. So I think that ties a neat bow on Frontier. But before we go, there was another spoiler that uh, happened a few days ago. I think it was last week, actually. Um, The French Magic Facebook page uh, sent out a spoiler, uh, which is the first of the Story Spotlight cards. And, uh, Ian, have you seen this card? I have seen this card. Now, also, we just, like, again, we would like to say... Yes, we know that there have been other story spotlight cards spoiled. We are not going to talk about them until they get officially spoiled. Yeah, those those were leaked. Or yes, yeah, those were leaked. These yep. are not. So the card is a card that I I expected this kind of card to happen. I don't know if I expected this exact card. It is called Consulate Crackdown. It is a rare enchantment for three white white. When it enters the battlefield, exile all artifacts your opponents control until Consulate Crackdown leaves the battlefield. It's got a couple key words on there. One, your opponent's control. Yep. (laughs) 
It's the consulate crackdown, man. I can have my artifacts, but you can't have anything. Because you're the consulate, and you're cracking down on your opponent having that stuff. Um, the exile clause until it leaves the battlefield is interesting because at five mana, it makes it decently hard to destroy cheaply. Well, in at five mana, your opponent is likely to have in play, I don't know, a smuggler's copter, an etherworks marvel, vari- a variety of other. Um, Remember, I played well played artifacts. I played Dynavolt or Thermo Thermavolt, so I'm playing Dynavolt Tower. Like in, there's a there is a spells deck in standard right now, blue red spells. It's designed to just basically churn out spells, play some torrential gear hulks, get the free, um, you know, casting cost off of those, uh, in, instants and stuff. So. Yep, and it also hits gear hulks for whatever that's worth. Yeah, it's kind of risky play, considering when it comes back out of exile. Well, your opponent's gonna have to be able to get rid of it, and this does not get hit by natural state. It does get hit by Appetite for the Unnatural, which is a already well-played sideboard card anyways. Yeah, but um, like I said, it doesn't hit, get hit by um, Fragmentize? It does not get hit by Fragmentize. No, it's one It's one bigger. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I said cheaply. You can't kill it cheaply. Right. Um, now, this is going to be probably a sideboard card in Standard, unless you're really worried about vehicles. Yeah, unless... Or if you just are scared of other artifacts. Unless we get some really broken deck that's looking to, you know... I don't... It's weird. Because the artifacts that are played right now are like Smuggler's Copter and Aetherworks Marvel. Those are like the... And Panharmonicon. Yep. This is Panharmonicon too. Those all have answers to it though. I mean, granted, they're not like the easiest answer, but like if... We haven't really seen something along the lines of a I'm going all in on artifacts kind of deck. We, we do a little bit in the red-black aggro deck with Beaumont Courier, Scrapheap Scrounger, and such. This deck, that, I mean, but you're already taking a lot of damage by the time this is hitting the battlefield. Oh, yeah. Like, this is not your first Wrath. Oh, no, at all. This, this is like, stuff has survived, a couple of my Wraths, take care of your vehicles kind of thing. Now, you want to, <laughs> you want to know a card that combos with this outside of standard? Yep. Micah Synthlattice? Oh, yeah, for stuff like Commander, this... This is, like, ridiculous. Oh, it's really good. Like, in multiplayer play, where you get to hit, like, everyone else's soul ring and all their mana rocks, and, oh, nope, your command... So, oh, nope, that guy goes under there, too. So, John, what's Mycosynth Lattice for, for the uh, kids? Lattice is a six-mana artifact from Darksteel. It has three distinct abilities. I'm going to do them in the reverse order on the card. Uh, the, the last ability is that you can use mana... As though we're mana of any color to cast your spells. Basically, everybody's permanently mana fixed because everything is now an artifact, basically. Uh, spells in your hand and permanents and cards in your library are all now colorless because they're now artifacts. And the first ability is that all permanents in play are artifacts in addition to their other types. That's lands, planeswalkers, artifacts, enchantments. Yeah. Artifact, artifact. So... You, you have Mike and Thladis in play, you play Consulate Crackdown, and not only does your opponent lose all of their, like, creatures and enchantments, they lose all their lands. I heard you, like, Wrath of God and Armageddon. Yeah. Plus enchantment destruction and Planeswalker removal all rolled into one. I already have what I call the LFD combo in Commander, uh, which is almost a must-have in most artifact decks. Uh, the LFD are Lattice for Mike and Thladis. Forge for Darksteel Forge, which makes all your artifacts indestructible. It costs nine mana, though, so it's fair. Uh, and then uh, D for Nevenril's Disc, which is a four mana artifact that enters play, <laughs> but you can pay one and tap it to destroy all artifacts, creatures, and all artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. Good old Larry Nevin's Disc. Yep. And Nevenril's Disc also does not sack itself in order to activate, which is something that everybody forgets. So with all three in play, I can just infinitely wipe the board. None of my stuff dies, and all of yours does. It's like when I untap, you lose your stuff. Yeah, basically. Which is so. Constant crackdown is a little mean with lattice. I, I think can, it's going to be fine in standard. I can fully see this getting soft banned in some EDH play groups. <laughs> Especially if you're going to be that guy and be like lattice, constant crackdown. People are just going to look at you and just go, "Stop it, please." Yeah, like like, like we say, soft bans. Like play play groups will have like you know their own house rules kind of thing. That's a soft ban. Like they'll be like, dude, why are you doing this? Come on, man. We've already mentioned my own personal philosophy on commander and cards that I will or will not play, and I don't think this is gonna get there unless somebody just decides to be 
a really, really, really annoying player. But yeah, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, it seems interesting. Oh yeah, I like the, I like the card. Oh, we didn't read the quote on the card. The oh, we did. Sorry. Card, the quote yeah, on the card is it. from is from Pia Nalar, and it's the workshops are silent. Our creations have been seized. They have killed what made us alive. Oh yeah, the consulate has been, is has cracked down, as we've also seen in the story. So. Yeah, it's it's not a fun time in, in the uh, the streets of Kaladesh. No, it is and not. And Europe these days. But, but in any case, yeah, I think that does it for us. Yeah, I I for one enjoyed dueling grounds. I look forward to future times sparring with you <laughs> on points of magic. Oh yeah, hopefully we'll find more topics that we are more at odds with one another on. We seem to be very like same-minded with a lot of things so it's always, it'll be nice to be able to pull that out if it's like i like this not like this all right dueling ground let's do it <laughs> all right in any case <laughs> how about you sir <laughs> Avast you. all right moving on <laughs> so ian if you wanted to find you on the social medias where would they do so you guys can find me on twitter at dixon ij that's d-i-x-o-n-i-j and you can find me on twitch at twitch.tv slash dix um i haven't talked to john about this but john we gotta what? do. We gotta do a stream together while Cube is out. Yes. Next week. We'll draft White Weenie. Oh, you're the worst. <laughs> you mean the best? Ah, uh, yeah. Whatever. Anyway, we'll, we'll probably do try some... to draft Storm Ian. <sighs> Look, okay. <laughs> I've learned my lesson with drafting Storm when I'm sleep deprived, because that's usually yep. when it happens. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. By the way, uh, Vintage Cube is up on Magic Online. Go have fun. It's kind of buggy right now, though. You can get duplicates. I've, I, and what's funny? Oh, okay. So, quick little side note. I don't know if they fix this or not, but the very first day the cube came out, somebody had two time walks in their deck, and they couldn't oh. play their, and they couldn't play their draft deck because, apparently, in Vintage Cube, the Vintage ban list, ban rest, or the Vintage restricted list is in effect. Yep. <laughs> so, because Ooh. drafted two power cards, two of the same power card, he couldn't play it. <laughs> Excellent. It's like that's got to be like he said the tweet was like this is the best um i retweeted like this is the best um uh what's it called reimbursement submission i'll probably ever get to do <laughs> yeah it's fair so john where can they find you you guys can find me on twitter at jwiley129 i'm also on twitch by the same handle and i've, I've already drafted the the uh the vintage cube uh, twice so far uh and uh yeah i have i've definitely cast armageddon at least once in this cube I was about to say, was it Weenie both times? Oh yeah, it was Weenie. God, this last time I had I had four of the five swords. <laughs> what? Yeah, I had <laughs> I had fire and ice, feast and famine, war and peace, and body and mind. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I had to pass light and shadow though. That was sad. Yeah, it's one of the weaker ones. In any case, uh, if you want to reach the podcast directly, you can do so on Twitter at eyes on the mize, or if you have a more personal question, you can shoot us an email at eyes on the mize at gmail.com. Please give us your feedback. We, w- we really want to know how we can improve the show. And I think that's going to do it for us. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you all next time. Mm-hmm.